Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. This is the home stretch final segment of our Tuesday edition of the show. If you don't already subscribe to our Odyssey original podcast, please do so wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you turn on the auto download. That way it's always there. Again, a hearty hello to our viewers on YouTube who are participating in the chat just to the side here. Always great uh, times there talking with everybody out there. A special shout out to Double M out in Hawaii. Aloha, mahalo, however you want to put it. Good for you. Good to talk to you, man. Uh, but anyway, we're back. It is Scott Branson. It is my partner, Mo Moten. And we are going to give you some hope. We were in the break talking to our producer, David Stepanian, who was unbridled positive Raider fan. And then Midtown Mo, who we now changed his name to Morbid Mo. Uh, David kind of lost his steam. Mo for the Raiders. You, you mean you, he, we went to the after the first break, we came on and David was all jovial, happy, having a great time. Then we came back for the second break and he was all morose and oh my gosh, yeah, kind of kind of rained on his parade a little bit. Morbid <laughs> Mo, misery Mo, misery loves company misery. Mo. However you wanna, yeah, <laughs> however you wanna put it. But we're gonna uplift David Stepan. We're gonna uplift our producer and, and Raider fans who've listened to the show who were kind of like, ah, oh, we're gonna be a four win team. There's some, there's still some players out there that the Raiders can pick up to improve yep. their defense and patch things up. And if, again, if they have a good draft, you know, it could go pretty well for them. And there's a small percentage of, of very vocal Raiders fans out there who would like to win three games and get Caleb Williams. So some of them are looking at that as a positive, but I know most of you aren't that way, but there is, there is people I hear from them all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Caleb Williams. He'd be great as a Raider. I don't think it's going to happen because I think the Raiders will finish in that no man's land again, but that's just me. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Mo, let's get into this because you wrote a great column up on sports, not uh, over the weekend, actually about free agents that were still out there. Right. So, so we're trying to give you and David, our producer, some hope that the Raiders still could do a few things to improve this roster before the draft. So let's run through some of those. You talked about Andrew Van Ginkle uh, as far as the edge and what he might be able to do. Who else? I mean, the Raiders need a safety, Mo. Is there anybody else out there that you see that hasn't signed yet, that we haven't talked about yet, that could be a possible improvement and an upgrade for this silver and black squad? I think Eric Rowe would be a good fit. Uh, he's played under Patrick Graham with the Miami Dolphins. Patrick Graham spent the year at Miami. And that happened to be Eric Rowe's best season. It was his first year under Patrick Graham before Patrick Graham went to the Giants. So Eric Rowe is one of those versatile safeties who can play, who can line up outside, he can line up in the slot. So he's basically a chess piece on the back end. So he's your poor man's 
older version of CJ Garner Johnson. Now, of course, mm. CJ Garner Johnson is the 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 top was one of the top players at as a free agent. He signed with the Lions for eight million, and fans were outraged over that. But you can go cheap and get an Eric Rowe who can do pretty much the same things. He's a little older, of course, and a little longer in the tooth. May have lost a little bit in coverage, but I wouldn't say he's a liability. But again, knows the system. You can put a plug him right in. He can play right away. He's not a guy. I think if the Rays were to sign him, he would definitely make the 50-man roster. Now, other names you might want to consider are Adrian Amos, who played with the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. The connection is that when Amos was drafted by the Bears, I believe Champ Kelly, the Raiders' assistant general manager, was there. So he's pretty familiar with Amos. And Amos is known as a leader, was known as a leader in the Green Bay Packers locker room. And a young defense needs a veteran leader. I think Amos would be another thing. I didn't list him in our in that article, but mm-hmm. there are parallels and connections to the Raider organization for him with Champ Kelly being the assistant GM. Yeah, and also in the I mean the Raiders have needs all over as we talked about. They also have need at cornerback. I believe with as deep as the draft is, they will draft at least two cornerbacks. Two. But out of the guys out there that are left on the free agent market, who catches your eye? Who'd you write about? Anthony Brown, scrappy cornerback. He again, not a headliner, not a star, not a pro bowl, not an all pro, but he gives you that versatility. He could play on the outside, he can play on the inside. Again, a very physical, tough cornerback. So if you want to experiment with Nate Hobbs, maybe you put him in a slot, maybe you put him outside, you can mix and match him with an Anthony Brown who could come in and play on the outside because yeah, they signed face on, but I think Anthony Brown would be an upgrade. He has a ton of starting experience. And again, he can line up against the number one wide receiver. And win some battles there. So he's not a slouch out. He's he's still under 30. So he's not an old signing. He's not like a 32-year-old cornerback. And if you remember, the Raiders did pretty well when they signed Casey Hayward not too long ago. And I think Anthony mm-hmm. Brown could be that same type of player. Maybe a little less on the tier of cornerbacks. But still serve the same function. And he can give you some versatility Because, again, he can also line up in the slot. And and again, going back, to, yeah, a great, great. I think opportunity there. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't been signed yet because to your point about his age as well. Uh, but, but I think the Raiders will have th- that position addressed pretty well f- via the draft. And some of these players are still out there, but what concerns me, and we've talked about it now for three straight years, my friend, which is in the middle. So we talked about edge. You talked about some of the, the options that the Raiders may have for that third edge since Chandler Jones is going to be there and you got to hope he can play better. Um, but also inside, defensive tackle is a massive need. I think they will also try to address some of that in the draft with some young players. But who out there currently available could be an upgrade for this team who really needs to have that inside rush they've not been able to capture over the last several years? I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be looking to cherry pick off the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Quentin Jefferson, who actually played with the Raiders in 2021, had a pretty good season. The Raiders opted, the new regime opted not to keep him. Mm-hmm. Goes to Seattle, had an even better season. So over the last two years, Quentin Jefferson's production has actually gone up. So he's he's at his prime. He's still he's not over the hump of on the other side of 30 yet, but he's he's still on the rise with his production. I think he could be a good fit. Now, 
Patrick Graham likes his 300 pounders in the middle, but if you're looking for a guy who can generate some pressure, Quentin Jefferson could do that. We and again, we've seen him do that in a Raider uniform just two years ago. Uh, Puna Ford is the guy that I really like though, because even though he's undersized, he's about 5'11, 310, he's a young guy in his in his mid-20s in the prime of his career playing his best football and he can rush the quarterback and he can stuff the run. Now people know him for stuffing the run, but if you look at his pressure numbers, his sack numbers, decent, again, not a, not a 10 sack guy, not an eight sack guy, but he can get you a handful of sacks if he plays two, three, uh, two thirds of the snaps on the inside. So between Puna Ford and Quentin Jefferson, I think the Raiders should at least consider one or, or both of them. Yeah. Another pain point for a Raider nation and frankly, just for us covering the team, is linebacker. I mean, this team has been unable to – they tried with Corey Littleton, and, and I got excited about Corey Littleton, sideline to sideline, all that jazz, and it just never happened. It just never happened. Now they find themselves in that position. Who out there – there are some big names. At least there's one big name still out there, right, at linebacker. What do you think – this team can do there uh, to, to shore that up. I think they need a wily veteran back there who can help be that quarterback of the defense. I think so too. I think they could go to the Denzel Perryman route, which is what the last regime did and bring him in from Carolina. And you saw how he played Bobby Wagner, I think is the best available linebacker option. I don't think the Rays going to go this route simply because maybe Bobby Wagner wants to go to contender at this stage of his career. He is, mm. I believe 32 years old. And the way the Raiders are spending, the way the Raiders are maneuvering for agency, I don't think they would go after a Bobby Wagner um, simply because I'm not saying he's going to be too expensive, but the Raiders are going really cheap at these positions. But I think if you're going to spend at one position, it would be linebacker because that guy gets your defense ready on every snap. Yeah. It's such an important position. You just said it. It's the quarterback of your defense. So I'm of the believer that you should always have a veteran linebacker because it takes a while for some of these young backers to transition to the league, sure. wear the green dot, and get guys in the right spot to make plays. A veteran linebacker, you don't have to teach that to. He already knows what to do. And Bobby Wagner, of course, being a part of the Seattle defense, being in L.A., he's obviously he obviously knows how to get guys lined up in the right spot to make plays. Now, he his production has not dropped. He is 32, but his production has not tapered off. Yeah, Still had 140 tackles last season. I believe 10 pass breakups. Still performing 10, 10 tackles for loss, five pass breakups, but still performing at a very high level. Wasn't going, did go to the Pro Bowl, but still a quality player, still the best linebacker, off ball linebacker on the market. If the Raiders do want a veteran, he should be the guy. The other thing we've talked about over the years, of course, has been the offensive line. The offensive line got better. They're not near top in the league or any of that. There's a lot of work to be done there. They signed Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, we talked about it. You had a nice little uh, Twitter bromance with him back and forth, uh, congratulating him. But no, he deserved the money, and 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 it's good to see somebody work hard and to do that, and he, he pledges to get even better. So we'll see how that works out. Still, they need depth on the offensive line. Anybody out there as well in the free agent pool still left that looks like a good fit for this team to add depth, or or do you think they're going to have to go a different route? I'm surprised they haven't signed Isaiah Wynn yet. If you mm -hmm. remember last year during yeah, the season, there were there were rumors that maybe Isaiah Wynn would be on the move, but I believe he was banged up. But, I mean, New England drafted him in the first round in 2018, so I'm surprised yeah. that they Joshua Daniels hasn't brought him over. There has to be something there going on. Maybe he's contemplating other options. Maybe they've mm -hmm. offered something to him and he felt like he wants more. 
But I'm shocked he wasn't one of the first additions simply because the Patriots had a high mark on him. Obviously, dra- again, drafting him in the first round in 2018. And he has position versatility. He played guard at Georgia before he moved to left tackle. And he's played on both sides of the line at left and right tackle in New England. So he gives you that versatility. It's kind of like a Jimmy G situation. You want him to stay healthy. But when he's on the field, he could be productive. He could be a solid pass protector. Yeah, and some of these guys, I think, you know, when you're in the bargain basement hunting business, when you're trying to get as cheap as you can guys in, some of these players, they they wait out there, right? And you might wait it out and take the risk. It is a risk. It's a gamble that their price will come down as they get more nervous as you get close, especially especially as the draft comes, right? And, and you see seeing young players come in, these veterans that have not been signed, they want to catch on. They want to make sure they're getting a paycheck and have an opportunity so the Raiders may be able to play that game. But it's going to be interesting, Mo, the next couple of weeks. And I know the remainder of this week, we'll start talking. We'll see what else they do, if anything, this week. But then we'll start talking and looking forward to the NFL draft, which is just over a month away, which whew, it's coming quick. We'll start getting into all of that, and uh, we'll have a series of guests here to help us analyze what could be going on with this draft. First, we'll give you kind of a high-level overview of the draft, where it's strong, where it's not, who to watch. Then we'll start drilling down into the Raiders specific. But, Mo, if you have in parting as we close the show today, if you have some parting words for Raiders fans who are feeling down, not feeling real positive about the direction of the team, what would you say to them? I would say you should be excited for the draft simply because as we outlined in the first segment, that's where the Raiders have put themselves in bad situations with poor or underwhelming draft classes. Because think about it. If you draft well, you don't have to spend as much in free agency because you fill you fill those spots with guys on rookie contracts. So if you're a Raider fan out there listening to us right now, I would say study up on these draft prospects because this draft class, I would compare it to the 2019 class in which it's, it's very important. It's crucial for this regime. It's crucial for the Raiders' future because if they, again, if they hit it out of the park with this draft class, class, then next year should be a lot better. The year after it should be a lot better. And then they'll have more cap flexibility because some of those guys will come off their dead cap payroll. Mm-hmm. So not only will you have productive rookies, now you'll be able to spend in free agency, and that's how you get a playoff team. So I would tell fans out there, be excited for the draft. The Raiders have 12 picks. I don't think they're going to make 12 selections. They're going to make some trades, of course. But be excited for this draft because it's important for their rebuild. And they have a top 10 pick. They have a pick number seven. Who knows? They can get a quarterback. They can get a top defensive player. It's a time I know for HC is not that wasn't that excited, but I think the draft will get you the headlines that you've been looking for. Well, and I also think I, I feel bad for Raider Nation because um, it's hard for them to get to get to look forward to the draft because they've recently been such a disappointment i mean even the henry rugg situation of course a good pick he's he looked like he was coming on as a player and then you have uh of course the tragedy off the field and so i think they're even the dejected there but this time you get you get to see what dave ziegler can do if you're if you're skeptical which a lot of you are about dave ziegler which is totally fine i got no problem with skepticism because you know what everybody's got to prove themselves so he gets a job he gets an opportunity to prove themselves and, and so we'll see what they do. But I, I'm excited to cover it with Mo and to talk about it with you guys because I think they're going to be able to do something uh, at the top of the draft. And who knows what they're going to do with those picks, as Mo said. And if they're done getting picks, they may get more. And if they do that, then we'll kind of start to see things fall into shape. But it'll be good. Mo, what do you got going the rest of the week people need to uh, to to watch or listen? I know you did a, a Bleach Report chat. Uh, I think it was on Monday. 
What else you got coming up before we come back and talk to them on Thursday? I'm actually going to break down some of the, believe it or not, some of the signings that they had. A lot of people are wondering, like, is this guy going to start? Is this guy going to be a special teamer? Is he just a camp body? I'll go, I'll filter through that and let you know, like, who I think is is primed to make the 50-man roster. I Again, I believe that, I don't believe that Dave Ziegler is done in Frazier. I believe that he got more active on Monday for a reason. And you touched on it. I think he's waiting for certain players to come down on their price. So you're going to start to see more signings coming in that may tickle your fancy a little bit may get you a little excited again i said <laughs> austin hooper could be a starter week one if the raiders uh sign him after he takes a visit on wednesday so i'll break down so all the signs not all of them but the important notable signings and let you know who could start who could be a backup who could fill some spots of need that the raiders have to fill this upcoming season that's right. Uh, that'll be good stuff. Make sure you go read it. Follow Mo on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Read his stuff up on Bleacher Report. If you want a good uh, overview of the entire league and everything that's going on. And then if you want to read specifically Raiders, as he mentioned, check out sportsnot.com where you can follow him there. You can hit him up, call Midtown Mo, hashtag Midtown Mo all the time. Got to get that trending one of these days. Yes, we will. We get it trending. Uh, but my friend, I will talk to you on Thursday. We'll start to look ahead at what else the Raiders have done, and also start to talk a little draft as we move forward. Absolutely. I hope I put a, a smile on David's face because you know he really uh <laughs> really made me really made me sad with his sad face in between the well, breaks. I hope well, I cheered him up a little bit. Let's do a live look in on our producer. There you see. Oh, I don't know. He's there David, he you're still looking there on the is. I gotta un- I gotta, yeah, no, I gotta no, he's all right. Look, I he's got, good. I gotta good. unmute him he's here. Good. David, are you Thanks, okay? Mo. Are you okay, yeah, David? Yeah, you know, talking about guys like Isaiah Wynn, Bobby Wagner, really lifted my spirits, and I hope Raider Nation uh, is is fired up. You know, that that was a great way to close it out, guys. Really, thank you. Thanks, Mo. Seriously. You're I, not more than Mo anymore. No. He's back, he's, 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 he's back to Midtown Mo, and uh, that's uh, we had to, we just had to bring on David there real quickly. Uh, but he's, he's in the bunker in Las Vegas producing the show, so we had to make sure – it does. He's he's 14 feet underground to protect him from any outfall from the Raiders uh, not signing anybody. So we're good. But anyway, my man, I will talk to you on Thursday. Sounds good. All right. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for being with us here on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. I want to thank our producer, David Stepanian, for all the work he does, my partner, Mo Moten, and for all of us here at Odyssey and Silver and Black today. Have a great week, Raider Nation. We'll be back on Thursday, and we'll talk to you then. Take care.